Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show, where intimacy is real. If you desire to intimately connect with yourself, your significant other, children, family, friends, community, and higher power, this show is for you. We explore intimate topics, inspiring life stories, spirituality, and insightful tips on strengthening relationships. The show is hosted by Dr. April and her co-host, Coach Kay. Let's get this episode of the Bringing Intimacy Back Show started. We share with you today the secret power to intimacy to create a life you love or love the life you create. Now, here's your host, Dr. April and co-host Coach K. Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back show where intimacy is real. This show is live on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. As you notice that I am all alone today, but that is perfectly okay. Dr. April has some exciting things that she's taking care of, but we do have a special guest that is coming to join the join me today. And before we get started, as we do at the beginning of all shows, I just want to let you know that Bringing Intimacy Back is now a nonprofit, 5013C nonprofit organization. All right. So if you're listening live, please share your questions and comments with us so that we can share them with the audience. Now, we always do a charity of the month. So our charity of the month for the month of May is Dress for Success. The mission of Dress for Success is to empower women to achieve economic independence by providing a network of support, professional attire, and the development tools to help women thrive in work and in life. So today we are going to be talking with our guest, Mr. Rayford Palmer. Rayford Palmer is a longtime Illinois family and law attorney and managing shareholder of Chicagoland-based STG Divorce Law, where he focuses on complex divorce cases, especially those involving high net worth individuals. His book, I Just Want This Divorce Done, How Smart Successful People Get Divorced Without Losing Their Kids, Money and Mind is a bestseller on Amazon. His work includes collaborative divorce, mediation, child custody, and post-divorce matters, as well as premarital and postmarital agreements. Those are very important. He has successfully won multiple jury and bench trials and managed numerous successful arbitrations and mediations. Rayford has also argued an appeal before the Illinois Appellate Court. A multi-year winner of client service awards from AVDO, which is AVO.com, as well as multiple awardee of the Super Lawyer and Leading Lawyer designation for family law in Illinois. He is a frequent lecturer, lecturer on Illinois divorce law and law firm management topics. Rayford is also a fellow in the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers and the Collaborative Law Institute of Illinois. He is a remarried father of two sons and stepfather of two young ladies. So we're going to be talking about when do you know it's time to seek out help and is divorce the answer? He's going to be able to help us kind of navigate those things, answer some of those questions. So I encourage you, if you're catching this live, this is the perfect time. If you're straddling the fence, not too sure, 
This is a great time to leave your comments here on YouTube, on Facebook, or on LinkedIn so that we can see those and we can ask, and maybe we can get you closer to getting some answers. The When we come back, we are going to be joined by our very special guest, Mr. Rayford Palmer. Sex should not be the elephant in the room. The fourth ebook of the Improving Intimacy book series from Bringing Intimacy Back, It's All About Sex, helps you navigate every which way you can tend to your sex life. Pulling out all the stops, dive into the central read about sex toys, silky linens, and date nights. Improving Intimacy, It's All About Sex, is available on Amazon, Kindle, Audible, and paperback. Search Dr. April Brown on Amazon to view all her books on improving intimacy for yourself, spouse, and more. All righty, how are you doing, Rayford? Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Coach K. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure. I'm so excited to have you here because I will honestly say I think you are probably one of the most sought out but not know that you're needed sought out people around <laughs> it's like you're the the scary word that some people need to actually utter to find out if they actually need you <laughs> right right absolutely so i know i told folks a whole lot about you so i want to dive into some questions if that's okay with you my pleasure all right so how do you know that your marriage is in trouble how, how would people know if that's even where they should be looking what are the signs? I, I think um, a, a lot of what Dr. April talks about that, um, and, and why her mission is so and your mission are so important. Um, having couples make sure they're staying connected and reconnecting. Uh, when you find that you are, that communication is breaking down, that you feel like you're not heard, there is a lack of physical touch. There's a, there's a lack of the sexual relationship you're not having fun in the relationship. Now we all know life isn't always fun with children and work and everything, but there should be some joy, a little bit of joy in every day. Right. You know, so if you're feeling that that is missing and your needs aren't being met, then it's, I'm not saying get a divorce. I'm saying seek out help from professionals like yourself and Dr. April and um, go through counseling. We'll talk about these other tools to use to, keep the marriage together because I, uh, my, my mission with, I just want this done is making divorce better. But my first mission is avoiding it in the first place. And something I've said many times on social media and other podcasts is the best divorce is the one you never have. So, um, I'm a big believer in avoiding it in the first place. And, and then if you have to have one, there's a way to have one better. But, um, every, the things that uh, we just talked about, Lack of communication, lack of mutual respect, um, not on the same page with values. Um, feel like you're not, the other person's not holding up their end in the relationship. There might be a mismatch in those love languages. You know, you're giving gifts, they're not giving you gifts. You're talking, they don't wanna talk. These kinds of things, people I think are pretty good judges of their own feelings. And if they're not feeling it, something is probably wrong. You, you should trust your judgment. That is a good one. And I think, you know, I was going to talk about, you know, who do you seek out when you found out that, that you're in trouble? But you talked about that just a little bit, um, you know, even and I think that some people may be fearful of 
well, if I call a divorce lawyer, then that must mean I'm ready to hammer that nail all the way in. But can you just shed a little bit of insight on why that's not always the case? I know you talked about it a little bit just now, but when you're given advice um, and also who else would people want to seek out, um, even though I think you would be a, a great, <laughs> a great source. Thank you. When you're given that advice, what do you share with them? Typically when, you know, we, we always tell, ask people if they have, if they've attempted to reconcile, have they tried to get back together? Uh, we recommend people get marriage counselors. Do they, do they have a personal therapist, you know, to try to identify what the issues are? Is there a lack of intimacy? Do they have issues with their sex life? Are they having trouble communicating? Um, and because we're not, divorce lawyers are, are trained in getting people divorced we're really not trained counselors. We're not trained mental health professionals. We don't have your expertise. So I'm always trying to refer them to those professionals before they spend thousands of dollars on a divorce. Let's see if we can fix the marriage. There was a reason those folks got married to begin with. They Nobody gets married saying, gee, I hope I get divorced from this person someday. You know, everybody, I, I'm divorced and remarried. And I was absolutely sure the day I got married with my first wife that I was the happiest man in the world. It was the right thing to do. And I was married for 24 years and we still get along just fine. Things didn't work out down the road, but we had two great children and, and a lot of great experiences over the years. So it, a lot of times that relationship is worth salvaging and people should put every effort in first to preserve it. I'm not talking about situations of abuse or, you know, violence, things of that nature. We're talking right. about sort of the average couple where things just aren't what they maybe should be or each person's feeling neglected or, or unloved, something like that. Then I think it's really worth putting the effort in to try to communicate and reestablish whatever was great about the relationship was good enough to get married. See if you can find that and, and bring it back. Like you say, bring intimacy back. Can we get it back? Let's try it. Because I think you want to look in the mirror. People want to look in the mirror and they want to say, you want to say to your kids and to yourself, I made every effort. I tried. I did everything I could. We did marriage counseling. We did this, this, and that. And it didn't work. But at least you have the, you feel, you know, you did right inside for your marriage, for your kids, and for yourself. So you really touched on this a little bit just now, but um, so what do you do when you feel like you've done everything possible to fix the marriage? And I know you go through kind of a checklist with, with people when they come in for that initial consultation, because some people will say, I've done everything. And then you go through this checklist like, well, and everything. I mean, we talked about it. So what do you do when you feel like you've done everything possible to fix this marriage? And what are those things that are fixed? How do you recognize a fixable versus a non-fixable? By the time most people come to see us, they have crossed, typically they've crossed an emo, a very significant emotional bridge. It takes an awful lot to pick up the phone and call a lawyer or send messages and sign up for an appointment and either go on Zoom or come into the office. Somebody has crossed a pretty big mental canyon or chasm to do that because they're admitting to themselves, this marriage is in so much trouble, I'm going to go see a divorce lawyer. So usually people, I mean, I'd say most people are committed to the idea when they come in or they're pretty sure they're going to get divorced. They just may not know when they want to start. They may think 
they're they're examining the background of the situation and they want to know what's in it for them how long does it take how much does it cost what's involved and what will be the upsides and downsides so they know what they're getting themselves into ahead of time and maybe they have a long timeline they're waiting till a child graduates high school or they have something external going on they want to finish school and they don't want to start yet but they do want to get educated so most folks come in and they're pretty sure they want to get divorced or of course the other person has filed a divorce case and they you know they know generally they're going to get divorced the other person has initiated it so it, it, maybe it wasn't their choice but um so to answer your question the majority of people who come in are pretty sure they're getting divorced they just might not know when um there are a minority of folks who come in and you can tell that they haven't done the work mm -hmm. by asking some questions about the relationship and have they seen a counselor have they been through marriage counseling and if they say no 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 um, i've just decided it's over that's kind of when you want to say well maybe you should wait a minute and look around and, and check first before you jump um it's kind of our duty to ask that you know to to prompt people to at least check that out um you know we're not the ones to tell people to get divorced or not to get divorced that's right. a personal thing between the individual and it's such a heavy decision they need to talk to their pastor they need to talk to their family you know it's that's not our our bag you know that's, that's a big question that only they can answer i'm glad you said that because i, I do find that even some of the clients that I talk to who they're not, you know, in a divorce stage, but, you know, they're maybe in a breakup stage and they're kind of like, well, I feel like this. What do you think? And it's like, that's not my call to make. I can give you all of these parameters and right. put the plate back on your table. And then you have to decide what you want to eat, essentially. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and that happens with us, too. They'll say, well, what do you think I should do? And say, wait a second, that's not our call if you're asking me will the outcome be x or y and how much will it cost i'll answer those questions but whether to do it or not to do it boy there's no way that we would ever make an attempt to say that yeah because it sounds like you know when somebody possibly is asking that maybe they're trying to preserve any type of relationship that they may have so let's talk about you know the importance of preserving the relationship if possible and doing it the right way. <laughs> so remembering, I th that's a great question. <clears throat> and I think not enough divorce lawyers, <clears throat> excuse me, keep that in mind. And they don't focus on these folks as individuals. It's more like, well, we're going to work on this case and, oh, there's this sort of this person that's paying the bill and yeah, it's their case, but they're sort of getting in the way. Let me just, work fix this case for you it's kind of like a plumber you know let me fix the toilet and don't bother me while i'm doing this and they don't realize this is a human thing this is their divorce and it's some divorce lawyers kind of get to a point where i think they treat everybody like well it's just another case it's like all the other ones and they get kind of jaded well this is the only divorce for that person and it is earth shattering for them and for their family and we have to recalibrate and remember this means everything to them. This is their whole world. And uh, one thing I like to say is divorce is the intersection of everything we hold dear 
money, children, sex, uh, love, and everything collides in, in a marriage. And in, in a course on divorce, it's all exploding. So we, you have to respect that, you know, like you do in your role. And it's so important that we remember that even the person who is choosing to get divorced, let's say the initiator, mm-hmm. they bear a burden too. They're not thrilled to leave the marriage. They were missing something in the marriage that's causing them to leave. And their needs weren't met. They're not thrilled about it. And they're upset too. Now, they may have come to grips with it before the other person because they've been thinking about it longer. But they're also upset. And nobody likes, nobody loves getting divorced. I mean, unless it's like you're genuinely with some evil person you want to get away from. Yeah. So do you think, that divorce is more of a financial or an emotional toll on someone. Which one do you feel like it takes a heavier toll? Well, and, and let's, I want to make sure we get back to your other, I don't know that I fully answered your question before, which was, okay. how do you keep the family in mind? So yes. I, I, should I answer that one now? Yeah, let's keep with the, the, the family part because that might even tie into a part that you're going to talk about with it. Okay. So to keep the family in mind, it's the one thing that I think is important that for divorce lawyers to remember and people getting divorced is you're going to be a family still after you're divorced. So, I mean, if you don't have children, that's different. You know, you're not necessarily going to be tied together by your children, but lots of people have kids and they're going to be doing things with those children over the years, over the decades, Uh, graduations, band concerts, football games and birthdays and all these things. And the better that the people recognize they're still a family because they're bound by their children and they play nice in the sandbox, the more the children are going to thrive, they're going to bounce back from the divorce sooner. And and we know statistically from all the research that's been done, divorce is damaging to children. Well, what can we do to fix that? One of the things we can do is try to make our divorce faster less impactful on the kids and get along better with our ex-spouses so we're not in world war three beating each other up which always affects the children and that everybody can start healing sooner and uh, keeping that family in mind so that you can sit next to your ex at the basketball game and enjoy your kid scoring the, the game winning shot and have christmas maybe together for several years when the kids are young instead of a part in an awkward way, you know, if people can find a way to keep the kids first and be peaceful, they will do so much better. And it, and it feels better for the people getting divorced too, not just the kids. Yeah. I, and I'm glad you kind of hit on that um, because I feel like when, when some, when people are in adult land, they forget about the little ones and, you know, realizing that they see those little ones see, hear, and feel everything. Yes. You know, the snide remarks and all that good stuff. So I'm glad that you made it very clear. And I'm pretty sure that you, you know, remind the your clients as much as you can, you know, just yep. by mentioning them maybe in <laughs> while you're talking. Um it's yeah, absolutely. It's uh it's important for people to remember that. And we work hard to keep people you know, apprised of that and, and remind them, hey, don't, let's not forget about the kids here. And it's easy that to is, get 
it's easy to dwell on the negative and dwell on what your ex is doing to you and that kind of thing. But um, getting into a fight is rarely beneficial. So I think even just talking about this a little bit, you touched on, you know, how does that take a toll? Is it is it more of that financial or emotional toll on someone when divorce happens? Or is it even uh, even break, you know? <laughs> it's obviously that kind of depends on everybody's own, you know, circumstances and, and what they bring to the table. It's for some people, the financial thing isn't really that bad, but it's a huge emotional rift or, or damage. Uh, for other people, it's, uh, a tremendous financial impact, but, you know, emotionally they're okay with it. And, and so much has to do with where people are in that particular point in time mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, what, what they're bringing to the table emotionally and mentally, what their, uh, employment situation is, what the financial situation is. So hard to say, um, both people are impacted emotionally, obviously, uh, some more than others. I think one thing that's significant it is, people are usually at a, the couple is usually at a different place emotionally. And I, I talk about a bridge to, you know, those stages of grief, you know, they, they said like, you know, anger, um, there, there's grief, anger, like bargaining. And then finally, you know, acceptance, I don't have them in the right order, but acceptance is the last stage. Mm -hmm. And people kind of cycle through those stages of grief, kind of like when there's a death in the family, when there's a death of the marriage and that rift in the relationship and big life change, it's a huge stressor and usually somebody's closer to acceptance than the other person. And it takes a lot of time sometimes for the other person to catch up. Some people never do. And uh, recognizing that in your soon to be ex is important to know, okay, I need to see this from their perspective. I know what I feel, but I need to recognize maybe they're not as ready for this as I am right. because maybe I've been thinking about this for a year and a half and they haven't. And uh, maybe even even you maybe even you told them you said I think I may want to get a divorce and they've been in denial. That's one of the stages, right? Yeah, and they've been locked in denial for a year and a half, and you finally had to file for divorce, and now they're angry, and and they're still not. And, and you fully accepted everything. You've gone through those stages of grief. You're you're ready to get done, and you want the case to get over with quickly. And they're nowhere near ready. So, um, that's. So so that, that emotional stages issue can be a part of a conflict in divorce cases themselves. I understand. I guess when you're in that place, you know, you're the person that, you know, have been thinking about it for a while and you want to keep, you know, a decent relationship. How do you go about that without the other party thinking that you want them back? Like you're trying to be cordial, but they're not completely picking up on the cues that I just want to be nice for the family and the children. Oh, he wants me back or she wants me back. How does that play out? <laughs> That's a great, I saw it was one of the questions from the audience. That's a really yeah. great question. Um, there's obviously a line to be drawn. And that is uh, when you've got an ex, obviously we're not living together at this point. We're maintaining boundaries. Um, we're keeping it strictly business largely. Uh, we're not doing any, I, I mean, maybe this goes without saying, but we're not going on dates. We're not pretending we're still having a, a romantic romantic relationship of any kind. The, the communication should be more or less business-like about the children and nothing more than that. So um, keeping it 
short and to the point and not being an emotional. When you're divorced, you, your job is not to be your spouse's buddy anymore and to be their emotional support. Right. So it's important to disconnect from those things. It can be enticing or uh, the other person may be very fin- uh, emotionally needy and they may be clinging on to you. Mm-hmm. And it might be uh, persuasive initially to think, oh, they need to help and it'll be better if I just talk to them and I make them feel better. The problem is you fall into the trap that Rachel's talking about with her question, which is they start, they're looking for signs that you still are interested in them. And and in in certain circumstances, they're desperate to stay together and they look for any sign that you're interested. So by you providing what you think is a valuable service, (laughs) you're trying to just be nice. That's a great point. They take it the wrong way and they think you're still in love with them. You want to be with them and all that. So my advice a couple of things I tell people is if you're getting divorced, you're in the process of getting divorced, stop doing their laundry. Don't make them dinner anymore. Don't hang around with them. Don't provide emotional support. You know, you're not their wife anymore. You're, you're not their husband anymore. So it's important to start disconnecting even when you're living with them, yeah. maybe even more importantly, when you're living with them to make sure it's very clear we are done. And definitely no, one-off sexual encounters. Don't no get way. desperate. Go to your corners and meditate because <laughs> that can grade the lines up. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It was just, I did a post on social media recently because we heard of a case where there was a late breaking baby uh, during the divorce case, the wife got pregnant. Well, you would say to our client, well, how the heck did that happen? Well, you know, we slipped up. Well, well how the heck, you know, there's, there's no mistakes. Okay. So one of the things you think you shouldn't have to say is there shouldn't be any sexual relationship with you and your soon to be ex. First of all, it mentally messes with everybody. Secondly, you have legal implications. Like if you have a baby with that person, you're going to be paying child support for, if you're the support payer, you're going to be paying child support for 18 years and paying for college. And so there is a lot to avoid with that. Needless to say, but you think, you think it's needless to say, but people get in this trap. (laughs) And just thinking about that, you know, what's the percentage of, is there a high percentage of people who end up deciding to stop the divorce after they have filed? And especially in a case where, hey, we're pregnant, you know. (laughs) It's very small. I mean, I've had in my career, I've had two couples or two marriages stay together uh, during, you know, where we got the divorce case halfway down the road and they decided to stay together. And in both of those cases, when they came in, we wondered why they were getting divorced. And it was kind of obvious that it was something that needed some counseling and some some serious thought and they worked it out. And uh, one of them, my, in my very, actually one case I went all the way, we got them divorced and the woman remarried the guy two years later. <laughs> which is the only one I've had yet. <laughs> yeah, and she called me to apologize, which was kind of funny. She said, you won't believe this, I remarried so-and-so and i i know i told you i hated him but uh we it worked out and worked together guys and I'm, i don't hate i'm not mad i'm happy for you maybe you know have a second practice to open up the remarriage club because i um just right. <laughs> i was gonna act honestly i was gonna ask you about that you know do you see a lot of because i've seen where people maybe they got married young in their 20s they divorce five years later, then they re-see each other in their 30s and 40s, realize, 
we fought over ice cream. We probably should still be together um, and then come back together. But you're saying, you know, at least one of them reached back out to you. But I just wonder, like, how many people out there realize that what we were kind of in disagreement about were kind of trivial, but it sounds like you ask enough questions and give enough hey, we want to make sure that this is where we want to go. And and the biggest question is, you know, is divorce the answer? And do you ask them just that blatantly sometime and see what they say? Well, if, you, if they're in the consultation, if they're talking about things that seem fixable, then you really want to dig dig in a little bit. And that's when you say you really should talk to a counselor about this stuff. And one thing um, my counselor told me that I think is really significant when I was getting divorced was, are the things you're talking about that bother you, are they bedrock personality traits, you know, unchangeable, or is it, it's not fair to expect that they can be changed, or are they just habits? You know, for example, that and, and we all know habits are hard enough to break. There's a yeah. multi-billion dollar diet industry built on the fact that I like ice cream. OK, <laughs> <laughs> that's my thing. I can't get away from it. And we we all have habits and we have a hard enough time breaking habits. Well. You're never going to change someone's personality. So if it's if it's a bedrock trait like that or something, that's just the way that person is, for example, how they think about money. You're not going to convince somebody to be a free spender when they believe in saving money. Yeah. That's like a religious belief that's deeply rooted. And you're not going to convince them, hey, we should start going out every night and spending money when there's somebody who believes in saving. And that's been their upbringing. Or that if if there's a sexual incompatibility, those are difficult. I mean, as that's what, you know, April's Dr. Brown's mission is talking about the intimacy issues. Sometimes there's just a fundamental incompatibility that is, is difficult to repair. And um, people's expectations differ on that and their needs differ to a point where they can't bridge the gap. And hopefully they make an effort and try. But if their values about money are different, religion, family, um, all, you know, all these types of values, if they differ, they, they may find that that's a, a gap that can't be crossed. And one challenge with, it's not necessarily that people are young, although it happens quite a bit, is that the challenge is with young people, they haven't lived a lot of their lives yet. They haven't had a career. They haven't had kids. And those are, they're going to climb those ladders. They, you don't really know how you're going to react in those situations. And they're going to be stressful. Um, also people don't realize when they get married, you're actually marrying two families, not just two people. Right. So they, they, you know, when you're dating, everybody's on their best behavior. Nobody really goes on a date when they're sick or mad or whatever. You go out when you're happy and you're looking forward to seeing the other person and you rarely involve the bigger families. Well, once you get married and you have a honeymoon, that's just you and your spouse. You know, the family's not involved usually. And, and then you get home and if you don't have children, you still only see the family for holidays and things like that. Well, guess what? When you have kids, now your mom gets involved and her dad gets involved. And pretty soon yeah. you realize these outside forces are now a big part of your life. And that can put a tremendous amount of stress on a family. I can only imagine. You have shared so much information with us. Um, 
and you have so many programs that you offer, you know, before you head out of here, number one, let us know how we can find you. And number two, let us know about some of the courses that you offer um, on your website, which is, I just want to be done. I just want this done.com. Tell us thank about you. that. Yeah. Well, thank you. The website's I just want this done.com. Uh, the book, I just want this done. How smart, successful people get divorced without losing their kids, money and minds is a bestseller on Amazon. And it's on all formats, ebook. Um, so if you want an ebook in any format, we have that Kindle, audiobook, and uh, hardcover and softcover. So um, that's a great place to start. And my website, I just want this done.com, has other resources. We have a couple courses we sell uh, related to divorce strategy and things of that nature that people may find very useful if they're thinking about getting divorced. So that's something we offer. And my social media, is a great resource. I have a TikTok channel, which is at Rayford Palmer or Chicagoland Divorce Lawyer. It's easy to find links. Or if you just Google my name, Rayford Palmer or the book, you'll find links to all that stuff. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube. <laughs> I'm everywhere. And uh, a lot of resources on the, on the book website, links to all the social media, previous podcasts, shows like yours, uh, all that stuff, lots of good information. And our mission is to make divorce easier for people, and I hope people avoid it. We have plenty of, of work to do anyway, and if if we can save a marriage, that's worth it. I, I would have preferred, look, if I could have stayed married happily, I would have stayed married happily. I It'd be great for me and for my kids. So uh, I'm not a fan for of divorce. I think for the right people, it's the answer and, and the right circumstance, but uh, it's a last resort. So I wish everybody the best out there who's struggling with this and your Dr. Brown and your work is just outstanding in helping people through their struggles so that they can avoid this. And um, they're, it's so good. There are programs like yours here for people to utilize, to make their lives better. Well, I definitely, I appreciate all that you've shared for all that are listening and all that are going to catch the replay, make sure you go out and visit the website. I just want this done.com. Make sure you're looking up Rayford Palmer. That's R-A-I-F-O-R-D Palmer on social media platforms. Um, and I appreciate you being here with us. And for the audience, we will be right back. My pleasure. Thank you. Renew your connection and your love in beautiful Costa Rica. We'll make sure it happens. Vacation Counseling provides intimate couples retreats, including one-on-one -on -one counseling, yoga, and nature outings to help you and your partner rekindle the passion. Our experienced team of counselors works with one couple at a time to improve intimacy, communication, and more. Enroll now at vacationcounseling.com. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Bringing Intimacy Back show. And that was an amazing segment um, with Rayford Palmer. And I really, really, really do thank him for being a part of our show. That is a part of, you know, love and intimacy that honestly, we don't always think about. But the reality is, you never know when that may come up not just in your direct path, but in an indirect path. Maybe it's an aunt, an uncle, another family member, a friend. Um, and so having that resource here, especially as we talk about, you know, sex, love and intimacy, 
it's necessary. So I'm so glad that we were able to get him on here. And we have some upcoming shows um, for you to check out. So remember here, every single Thursday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, bringing you live information and resources. So on next week, May 26th, we have weight loss despite having hyperthyroidism with Ms. Jen Terry. And the last name begins with a B. I will not butcher her name for you guys because that's just not how I'm going to be. <laughs> we also have on June the 2nd, Eddie, excuse me, Eddie Caparossi with Why Men Struggle to Love. That's going to be a good one. So make sure you get your, your fellas on that one. June 9th, we have Juan Lee with founder of Clear Journey, transformational speaker, author, and thought leader in the power of love. And then on June the 16th, we have Anna Leonardo with how to date with sexual dysfunction. Very important topic as well. Just a reminder, if you ever have a question, a comment, or you have forgotten to hit that follow and like share button, do it right now because we are live. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on LinkedIn, we're on YouTube, and on Twitter. Twitter. So if you listen to us on iTunes, we'd appreciate if you left us a review and just let us know how we're doing because we can't be the best for you if we don't know what you like best. So I thank you for joining us for the Bringing Intimacy Back show, and we will see you on next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Bringing Intimacy Back. We hope you enjoyed it. You can also find us at bringingintimacyback.com and Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, or Twitter. Dr. April Brown's five-book series, Improving Intimacy, is now on Amazon, available in Kindle, Audible, or paperback. We'll see you next Thursday live at 3.30 p.m.